with land, we're buying real assets. You're buying actual land. You can go to the land if you want. You can go walk on it. You can put a flag in the middle of it and say, this is yours. It's just real. It's oh, a real asset. I just thought about what I should get you for your birthday. Oh, yes. Just well, a big sign with your face on it on one of our pieces of land. We'll that just says put them all on all of our property. Your face. It doesn't have to say anything. That's just a big Pete Reese face. Right. Okay. Well, if that's what you want to buy me, that would be great. Welcome to Turning Profit, a podcast for people that love real estate. Learn the business models and skills that professional real estate investors use to make money and build wealth. Visit turningprofit.com for a wealth of investor resources. And now, here are your hosts, Pete and Heather Reese. Welcome to the Turning Profit Podcast. Heather, nice to see you today. Yeah, or as I like to call it, the Heather Show. Oh, the Heather Show. Mm -hmm. Okay, with special guest Pete. Just featuring Pete. Okay, featuring. All right, so I'm not that special is what you're saying? Always very special. Okay. Well, you're... Especially special today because we're talking about your specialty. Okay. I thought you were talking about it as my special day. It is your special day. It's your birthday. Yes. But it's also Valentine's Day. Uh-huh. So. Also known as the day that Valentine's Day died for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Poor Heather. I know. I feel so bad for you that you had to marry me. 23 years since I've had a Valentine's Day. Yeah. Well. well what did you get me for Valentine's Day? I got you some flowers. <laughs> I can't wait to see them. Okay. All right. <laughs> but... Uh, I think this actually is a good day to be talking about this because this is your favorite thing to talk about. Yes. Well, w- today we are talking about how to build the best real estate investment business in 2023. Mm-hmm. And that is all about land flipping. So, And I just want to note, I am not bitter about Valentine's Day. You're not? No, I'm happy you were born today. Okay. Well, that's good. That's good. There's yeah. many, oh, many. cool thing in many, here. Yeah. Are we keeping this today? Well, yeah. You know, normally it's behind the camera, but mm-hmm. it looks so cool with all the different lights and everything that I figured. You wanted to showcase it? Yeah. And you know what? The funny part is I don't know what all these buttons do. No, but at least now we can make sure that we're both being like the sound is there. Yeah. So that's probably a good thing, It's being recorded. And, you know, I had to buy this really expensive one because it looked cool. Is it really expensive or is it just more than you would normally spend on? It's like $800. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I had another one that was two, three hundred dollars $300, something like that. But I had to upgrade because this one lets you have four people on it. Oh, I think this one's pretty cool. Too. Oh, so when the girls are coming on. Right. Okay, that's good. But Or it, if a guest comes in here in the studio. Right. Maybe yes. someday we'll have someone in our studio, <laughs> that's right. Here, right? I think it's so funny, though, because with video now, it's like, it, it looks like they're there. Right. You know? Yeah. And then we can talk to people all over the world and there's, you know, no lag um, in waiting for them to actually come here or else mm-hmm. they're there. I think this also looks kind of cool. It's kind of um, reminds me of the 80s. It, the 80s, yes. And for those listeners who aren't seeing this mm-hmm. on video, this is the... Roadcaster 2 Pro 2 soundboard. Anyway. Right. It's got lots of different lights and it yeah. it shows the, the bars when we're talking about right. And I guess if you want to see what we're talking about, you should check it out on YouTube. And I wanted to talk about that because I don't know the, if we mentioned it enough because I know I like to listen to podcasts, but you like to watch podcasts. Mm-hmm. So you like go on YouTube and do that. I just like to listen. And so if you don't know, we do have these on YouTube and it does add a different element to it. So if you'd rather watch us, that's... Your prerogative? Uh, no, just kidding. But yeah, we're on YouTube. So how do they find us there? Just uh, at Turning Profit. So they, they have a new thing with YouTube where you can just do the at symbol like the other networks and just at Turning Profit. And you'll find us. Yep. You'll see our smiling faces. <laughs> I smiled for you. Okay. Yes. Um, okay, cool. So we got that out of the way. So why are we talking about this today? Wait, just tell me the title again. How to build the best real estate investing business in 2023. And what do we think is the best real estate investing 
investment business model in 2023? Well, I think everyone knows this, but it goes without saying there's a land flipping. Right. But why? Because that's what we do. Because that's what that's, <laughs> wow, that, that was deep. No, um, I, there's a number of reasons why. Mm -hmm. And I'll give you a quick list. Uh, first of all, it's an, actually a business model that's working, a real estate investment model that's working in a market that's kind of shifting at the moment. It's a fluctuating market. It's yeah. a fluctuating, yeah. I mean, things are changing and it's always changing in real estate, but right. even uh, things aren't hot like they were last year in a lot of markets. And uh, it's actually still working, meaning these properties that we buy and sell, we buy and sell raw land. That's what we do. And these properties, we generally only hold for about 60 days. So it allows us to adapt to market fluctuations very quickly. Mm -hmm. If we're holding something 90 days, 120 days, it's like, okay, the market's changing. I can't sell it for what I thought I'd be able to sell it for. Now I just need to buy things cheaper. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say something controversial. I don't know. Maybe it is, but I like flat markets. Mm, yes. I don't know. I, but I like stability. You know, mm -hmm. there's a lot of people that really love you know, they're they're buying for the increase or the, you know, the riding the wave. Yeah. Like they like that or, you know, I really like stable markets or even boring markets or whatever people want to call them. And I guess there's no stability, but you know what I mean? Like I like I like more flat markets mm -hmm. because I think there's actually even more opportunity because not as many people want to get in. Like it's that kind of the masses or asses kind of thing. Heather. I know. Watch your language. <laughs> I said bad word. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Like, I, I say that all the time. It's a great term. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, and it's, so it's when the market's like going crazy and, and buying up and people kind of like, if you think about it, everyone was really wanted to buy when the market was really hot. Right. Like oh, yeah. when you really think about that, that's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Like that makes no sense. Like feels like the safest time to buy when things are going great because everyone's doing it. Right. You know what I mean? So if I'm going to do this decision and maybe uh, I'm going to pay a little too much or maybe I'm pushing my limits on what I, I can comfortably spend. But if everyone's doing it, I want to do it. Right. That's just is what it feels like. And then when it starts to drop, which is actually a better time to buy, right? Right. I mean, I know you're not going to time the market perfect and we can have a whole discussion on that, but we like threw that out the window because then you're going to beat yourself up if you don't hit the exact bottom, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, the other thing I like about it is the fact that with land, we're buying real assets. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not buying crypto. We're not buying stocks or we have no idea what the underlying company is all about. You're buying actual land. You can go to the land if you want. You can go walk on it. You can put a flag in the middle of and say this is yours and uh it's just real it's oh, a real asset i just thought about what i should get you for your birthday oh yes just well, a big sign with your face on it on one of our pieces of land we'll that just says, put them all on all of our property your face it doesn't have to say anything else just a big pete reese face right okay well if that's what you want to buy me that would be great uh i'll use it i'll use it you heard uh, it here folks <laughs> the other thing i like about that is the fact that these are real assets and in an inflationary environment like we're in right now real assets are increasing in value just due to the inflation so if you're buying things such as land that should hopefully increase in value over time. Now, it, it, these are these are short-term holds anyhow, so we're not, you know. Right, we're not getting into that. But houses kind of really jumped up, whereas land didn't see that same volatility. Right. So I think that, that that in and of itself, land doesn't normally see as much. Uh, maybe certain markets do. Right. You know, especially like if a big Amazon announces that we're going to come to this small town, I'm sure that that land's going to increase in value. Right. A lot. And it's permanently, the value's permanently raised in those situations. Right. Right. At least until 30 or 50 years when that factory maybe goes out of business mm -hmm. or something. But the other thing about it is, you know, land hasn't fluctuated, like you said, like the housing market, because it's not as tied to interest rates. So interest rates have been going up, which has really put the brakes on the home market because it's not as easy to, to borrow money now. I mean, you right. can borrow money, but you won't get as 
much of a house for the same payment. Right. I just so. um, heard a stat that like Bitcoin, I know there's different whatever. I, I don't know all the words, but it deflated again, not the right word, by mm. about 70 percent. So that is a huge fluctuation. And in just real estate in general, we don't normally see 70 percent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, crypto, it may be a great investment, may turn out to be an amazing investment. But right now it's speculation. Right. Right. And I think that's just because it's like so many different people are holding it and not as many people have it. And there, there's that scarcity mindset. And it's the same kind of thing. Like if your buddy's doing it and he made five billion dollars. Or she, but you know what I mean? You might want to jump in on that too. Do you, right. I pranked you yesterday. I told you I was going to go buy some. Yeah. You didn't even call me out on the fact that. You're allowed um, to. Right. But you didn't even say it. Like, I thought for sure you'd be like, uh, how? Like, cause I, I wouldn't even know how to, like, that's how. Sure. You could figure it out. I'm sure I could too. But that's my, my limitation on that because it doesn't feel real to me. Mm-hmm. Obviously people have made tons of money on it. Right. right? But we've kind of settled and in. And lost tons of money. Right. And that's, yeah, another big thing. But I think that the reason we settled on land is because of the tangible aspect to it. Mm-hmm. And I think that I bag on Bitcoin a lot and mainly probably because I don't understand it. You're kicking it when it's down, Heather. Yeah, I know, quite literally. <laughs> and I think that there's, uh, I did the same with land though. Right. I mean, not to the same extent, but I didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know, years ago, I would have been like, okay, sure, buy some land. Like, what are we going to do? Like, hold it for 5,000 years and right. pray that like, you know, a railroad wants to come through it. Like, you know what I mean? Like (laughs) speculatively buy it. And, and if you have that preconceived notion about what land is, you need to get with the current century, get with the times, you know? Right. So we, we talked about just now why we think that's probably the best real estate business model. And the other thing is I'm sure that there's a lot more complex ones that are great too, Mm -hmm. but we're talking about one that like you could literally start tomorrow and pick up the pieces and right. You know, without a lot of startup capital too. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll get into that as well. I mean, you actually don't have to put up your own money to even buy these properties, which is kind of cool. Which, again, that was another thing I was really not convinced was a legit thing. I didn't because mm-hmm. I was like, okay, so like, what are you talking about? Like, you know what I mean? Like right. when you were like, yeah, you literally like when we started, like we could even he's like, well, he meaning you. <laughs> Yeah, my talking. This guy he over said, here. Yes. You know, we could even do this if we wanted to use other people's money. There's investors. And I was like, like, what? I'm like, what, how would that even work? Right. So, and I think that's the other thing that, you know, you get to understand it better. Mm-hmm. And again, maybe Bitcoin's the same, but I think that we like the <laughs> tangible aspect of land. Right. And the other thing is it's a very profitable business. Mm-hmm. And if you want to see how profitable every month, do a monthly income report on our website, turningprofit.com. And we break down exactly how we did that month, meaning the revenue we took in, the profit we made. Each and every deal that we sold that month, we break down what we bought it for, what we sold it for, the profit we made, how many days we held it for. So you can see just kind of what is possible in this business. Before I stop talking about Bitcoin, I also want to point out, I think there's a lot of uh, like crossover and the people that like to do that we're doing Bitcoin have that same kind of mentality with land. Mm-hmm. Because I think it's that same, like, you have to learn it, right? You have right. to research it. You have to fully understand it. And, but also those kind of incremental big jumps in profit are both. There, except for that land doesn't drop and well, buy you 70% I mean, overnight. It's the profits can be crazy. I mean, mm-hmm. just take our girls, for instance. Um, we did a we did an episode about Are you talking this. about our dogs or our daughters? Our daughters. Okay. <laughs> We've got we call our our, our dogs or <laughs> like, the girls too, uh-huh. but the, they're shih tzus. They're so. not investing in land. No, okay. No. Anyhow, our two oldest daughters, <laughs> we just did an episode on this. Mm-hmm. They took eight thousand dollars and they parlayed it into eighty four thousand dollars by doing five or six land deals. Mm-hmm. So they just took that money and kept going, you know, investing, you know, buying a piece of land, selling it, buying it, selling it. And they turned that 8,000 
into 84,000 just over a year. And I mean, if we're being completely honest, they didn't spend tons of time doing it either. No. Like Ashley was in full time, you know, taking college courses online. Um, they were both working in our other business, doing other stuff. Mm -hmm. They have their life there. You know, this wasn't like they were up at dawn and toiling away somewhere. Yeah. Oh, wait till 3 a.m., you know. Yeah. Doing some manual labor. Yeah, exactly. You know, and so I think that's the other thing if people are apprehensive about land, um, investing in land flipping is that it's a good complementary. Yeah. You know, like. Well, flipping homes is so hot right now. It's a similar type of business, meaning that it's a short term hold cash flow type business. Like mm -hmm. you, you're buying and selling. You're not holding these properties long term. You're just you're, you're going like, into like, like any that. other business. Yeah. You're trying to generate cash, you know. And the thing with house flipping is there's a lot of logistics involved. You've got to hire a contractor. You've got to get these houses rehabbed. You might have to pay for some of the rehab out of your pocket. Uh, there's just a lot of things that go into it and a lot of unknowns that you sometimes don't know until you actually get into like it. Like the cost of the material. Yes. You know, Open up a wall and find something that you didn't know was there or something you have to fix. And Contractor takes off. All kinds of things can happen. You don't have to worry about that with land, mm -hmm. which is pretty cool. I mean, right. we, we do some minor value add stuff to these properties sometimes, like brush clearing or perk tests or survey, but much easier. <laughs> much right. Easier. If it makes sense, it's going to, you know, incrementally increase the profit. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, it, but some of them are just ready to go. Right. Right. And so, and that's the other thing is understanding and evaluating a property. What's the highest and best use or highest and best investment back into it or not. Right. And really like getting a, a good understanding of that. Yeah. Okay. So let's say the market I don't know. Let's say something crazy happens. Interest rates drop and the housing market takes off again. Where's land? What, you know, like I don't want to build a business. And then like, let's say some crazy thing happens in a year and everyone's hot in the market again for real estate, but it's mostly on houses. Like where, how does that affect land? I mean, I would think it would be a good thing just like it was, you know, when the market got hot before. It's just that it does. It's not the wild swings, you know, like the home, house market is. Mm -hmm. It should raise the, the value of the land as well, because there's probably going to be a supply and demand problem. And then people can view these properties as, hey, maybe I can build a, build a house or maybe I can buy a piece of land and put a manufactured home on there and, and get something set up relatively, relatively quickly. Mm -hmm. So I think in many cases, it would only help land. Right. So Yeah, I'm always I'm interested in that, too, because it seems like now that the housing market's softened, land hasn't, though. Mm -hmm. And I think that if I think there's a couple of things like homes are still unaffordable in certain markets, you know, and for certain demographics, it's, it's it's just, it's unaffordable. Like it's hard to pay for it. And if you can buy a piece of land, let's say in a decent area, and it's like $35,000, let's say for, I don't know, how many acres can I buy in just a random one? Want to learn the secret to building a thriving land flipping business? Head on over to landconquest.com and join over 2000 passionate land flippers, leveraging the power of community to scale quickly. Sign up for free at landconquest.com. All right, let's get back to the show. I mean, you might be able to buy 10 acres in certain areas, five, mm -hmm. 10 acres. Okay, well, you know, I'm going to go three. Areas, okay? I'm doing three acres because okay. I'm closer to yeah, town. You can do that too. Okay, yeah. and it perks so mm -hmm. I can put a septic in there and I can get a mobile home in, on there because that's mm -hmm. what I want to do and I can get a loan for that, mm -hmm. you know, which is more like buying a car than buying a house. You know what I mean? Right. So it's not like the same kind of thing as having that increased uh, cost that comes with a house. And I put on that land and now I've got an affordable, I, like I've created an affordable place for me to live. Right. You know, so there's the affordability of it. But then on the flip side, okay, now I'm somebody who just has expendable income. I'm getting ready to retire and I really love a certain area mm -hmm. and I want to buy that 10 acres. Maybe I'm going to spend $80,000, but that's nothing to me. And then I'm going to finally build my dream home. 
again, it's nothing to me. And that's still a lot better pricing than if I bought something and I can have exactly what I want. Yep. And also maybe I'm not retiring tomorrow. Like I'm going to buy this and then do it, you know, in five years. So I think that people don't understand that the buyers that are out there, like it's not just like a, like a simple buyer that these people aren't as affected by the economy necessarily. Or in fact, they might be affected by the economy in the opposite way. The economy is not doing as great as they want or their sector. This is more stable than buying a different house, you know, a house. Yep. So let's get into mm -hmm. the topic of today and actually how to build this real estate investment business, this land flipping business that we're talking about. First, I'll actually go over kind of the big, you know, 20,000 foot overview of what the business model is. And then we'll get down to into each part. And I'm looking over here because I've got a list so I don't forget a step. How many times explain. do you think I'll interrupt you? Oh, many times. Okay, cool. Editor, uh, if you hear this, you could just cut. <laughs> uh, I'm just joking. Uh, you cut that out and I will find you. <laughs> so, yeah. So, big overview of the model. It all starts with direct mail. And by direct mail, I mean we're sending out letters to people. What other ways could you do it? You could text blast people. I know there are some investors that do that. I get text uh, messages. I hate it, but go okay. on. Okay, Text bus. You could also <laughs> do pay-per-click, Google pay-per-click. Mm -hmm. That's a hard way, um, but I've, I've heard of some people doing it. And that would be like someone is looking to sell maybe. Right. Like I have this land. I want to sell it. Maybe that would work on that. Right. And then those are some those are some of the big ways. I mean, you could also experiment with other, other things, doing TV, TV commercials or billboards or all kinds of different things. What about but, knocking on doors? Well, these many of these pieces of land don't have doors. No, I just want to have you oh. out there knocking on oh, doors. Okay. Yeah, I was just wondering. <laughs> okay. Well. Ship you to North Carolina and try it out. <laughs> okay. So, it's just to find, it's to find the land. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's, this is our lead generation thing. So okay. we send out direct mail. Mm -hmm. we, we send out that direct mail to a very specific list that we build. You know, it could be a particular area and it could be a particular acreage range. So say, say a certain county, 10 acres or more vacant land. Then we refine that list a little bit, taking out sellers that we know are never going to sell to us, like the city or the county or a school district or something right. like that. So then we actually send out this mail using so, a mailing company. And and I, I want to back up because maybe people are thinking, why couldn't they? And it's because they probably would have to go to like a vote or like it would have to be like sometimes it might even have to be on like a ballot to sell that. Yeah. You yeah. Know? So, it's it's they're not going to sell to someone like us. They have their own formal processes, basically. Mm -hmm. So we sent use a mailing company to then mail these letters out because we're sending out a lot of volume of mail. And then basically the phone starts ringing, people start emailing, people text everything. And uh, then we take a look at, you know, what, what comes in and what, what we can work out a deal on. We do work, we work out a deal, we get under contract, and then we do, we go through a list of due diligence, we call it, you know, sending out a photographer to the property and making a bunch of phone calls and finding out different things about the property. We close the property through in a title or or attorney or escrow company, depending on what's normal for that area. And then we evaluate whether we want to do anything to the property, like some clearing or some trash cleanup or something like that. List it with a local land broker. And then we list it at a price that's pretty aggressive. So then we can sell it quickly. Right. And I think the the magic in this is that, you know, we talked about the pay-per-click where those might be people looking, like thinking, okay, I want to sell. Like I'm going to sell looking for an agent to list or whatever, right? But these are people that own land. Maybe in the back of their head, they're thinking I would sell, but it, maybe it would just take effort. They don't, you know, they don't care that much. So you're actually kind of getting people who aren't even looking to sell. You know what Might I mean? Might not be top of mind, but then yeah. when they get some, an offer from us, because mm -hmm. we actually send out offers to these people. When they get an offer from us, it's a one page basic offer, but then they might think, huh, I could, 
see myself parting with this because I don't use this property. I have to pay property taxes on it every year and it sounds like a quick and easy deal. So that's what we are able to provide. Okay. We use our own money to buy these properties, but you could just as easily bring an investment partner partner on to to do this as well. And we can get into where to find these investment partners. There, there's lots of them out there. But that's a big deal because if you're thinking, well, shoot, I could pay for the mail, but like right. I don't have you know enough money to be buying all the land, even if it's, it comes back. This is yeah. A there's a way, way to, to do, do that. It. Don't worry. That's that part can be taken that's care of very easily. One, yeah, I was gonna say that's like the easiest yep. part of it. The thing is, you just have to find a deal. If you mm-hmm. find a deal, there will be plenty of people interested in working with you on it. So that's kind of the overview of of what we do. That's basically the land flipping business. Obviously, there's a lot of nuance to it that um, that you know, doesn't, we can't get, we don't have time to get into right now, but that's the basic overview. And it's really what works and what we've been doing since 2021. And we've generated at this point over 5.8 million in revenue using that model just since 2021. And it's, it's funny because I think people think of it like more complicated than it is. It's just like any other business. You're, you're finding what to sell, you know, you get what you need to sell Mm -hmm. and then you sell it. So it's like, you know, wholesalers, like even a grocery store, they're finding a way, okay, how are we going to acquire the things that we're going to put on our shelves? And then how are we going to sell it? Do we want to be one of the fancy grocery stores where we hold up for that, you know, top level pricing? Or do we want to just be the one where we, you know, sell in volume and make that money that way? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's just, it, it's just as simple as that. It is. It's even simpler because you have a lot less product to deal with. <laughs> right. I mean, can you imagine? I know. And you're not dependent on filling like all that right. shelves. And your land doesn't like expire and get rotten after, you know, being on the shelf for a week. So. Right. And I mean, yeah, theoretically, you could do all this and be doing good and be like, eh, I need a break. Just hold on to your land and then yeah. sell it when you're ready again. Jump back in. And inflation may make it worth more next year. Right. That's true. And then the other thing, too, is that you don't have to like we were talking about the volume. Even if you decided you wanted to be someone who moves it quick. You can decide how much you want to do. So if you're doing this as kind of just a weekend project or whatever, you know, where you, that's where you put your most of your time in, you can buy just one piece at a time or you can buy 10 or 20 or. There's many, way, many different ways to do this business. And mm-hmm. this is this is the way we do it. Um, but uh, there's lots of nuance to this business. And you can kind of the, the cool thing is you can find something that kind of aligns best with your skill set and then just kind of go in that direction, mm-hmm. repeat it over and over again. That's where the magic happens, where you find something that's really really makes sense to you and really works well for you. Maybe even a particular area, which really seems to to work well for you. And then you just do it over and over and over again. And I think that's the cool thing about the system that you've created. I'm sorry, that I created. Yes, yes. I did all that hard you work. You the mastermind. Exactly. I have no idea like <laughs> what steps in what order, but I think it's funny. Um, But yeah, so like the system that you created. And then I know that you've tried different areas, you've tried different lot sizes, all these kinds of things, and you've figured out what's your favorite. And I think that's interesting too, because a lot of people like to do smaller lots, right? Mm-hmm. And you've done it and you're like, okay, I want more money. You know, I want my transactions to be bigger. I think that's the only thing. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I want this amount of land. Like you said 10 acres. So I'm assuming that's what your favorite is right now. Yeah, that's kind of, you know, you're, letting, are, you're letting the information I know. Well, there. that's okay. 10 acres or more is kind mm-hmm. of the general, generally what I'm doing. I will go down to five acres in some areas that are higher value areas. And then I know our girls like smaller, right? like three to five or three to seven or something, Mm -hmm. which I think is interesting because I asked them specifically like why they're like, we just like that. And I think it's that gut feeling too. Once you're trying different things, it's don't be afraid to try different things. And then when you figure, find the one maybe that you're just even comfortable with, 
like you said, just keep repeating that. I think they like some of the profit margins in those levels. Right, they're they're yeah. buying properties sometimes for 7000 reselling them for 21000 I mean, like that's that pretty too, good. Right, I know. Yeah, that's pretty good. And also that feels like a safe, like, okay, I'll, 7000 no problem. Here you mm -hmm. go. Right. You know? Even so. for them. Boy, they're high rollers now, though, aren't they? Yeah, I know. I'm asking for a loan later. I'm going to make them start paying for our meals out. Yes. Well, then maybe they can be an investor for someone that's looking. Oh, there we go. Right. Yeah, they're buying their own properties. They're really actually cranking up their own business, which is mm -hmm. kind of cool. But we'll do a follow up episode mm -hmm. on that. So in this video, we promise how to actually set up the business. So we're going to go kind of step by step in the different things that you have to set up if you're going to start your own land investing business. And obviously, just a little bit of a disclaimer, this will kind of be the, the big overview. And then obviously, there's a, there's a lot of nuance to this that, that we can get into. We actually started a new land flipping group. And I'm going to be posting a lot of this detail, like the who we use to set up different things and all the stuff in there, and releasing a free, a whole free training program that's just as good, if or if not better than most of the paid options out there. Mm -hmm. That's my goal, at least, to make it that way. And it's to show you exactly what we do rather than maybe all the different models out there. I'm showing exactly what we do, what works for us. So you could obviously take that and, and run with it if you wanted to. Yeah, no jump secrets. right in, right so, in and just do yeah. it. And later this year, I'll probably offer some sort of mentorship program or something. If, if, if people wanted more assistance and more individualized support, then obviously they could you know, join us for that. But all the information, all the training is going to be there for 100 free. for free. Yeah. And I, I am keeping a lit like, um, cause we've been getting emails. So I do have like a folder with those in there. So there's people definitely interested in that. It's just not going to happen right now because mm -hmm. you need to get the free course out there right. and get yeah. people making money. That's right. And then, um, but we are keeping, so if you want to, you can email us and I'll put that in the folder. Right. And also there'll be a link below this video to join the free group. Even better. Right. So I definitely suggest that if it's all of in, if it's of interest to you at all. So first things first, if you're going to start any type of business, let alone a land flipping business, you really got to set up some of the business basics type stuff. Um, some of those business basics are setting up uh, an entity of some sort. You can decide whether you want to do things in your own personal name or if you want to set up an LLC, an S Corp, something along those lines. If you really want to do it right, you probably should be setting up an entity of some sort that could either be an LLC, could be an S Corp. There's lots of videos and things about that on YouTube. So I would, or there are lots of advisors that will helpfully give you some great information on that based off of your individual situation. So I can't really go into what's yeah, best for not, you or anything like that. We're but, not tax or legal professionals, uh, but there's the info's out there. Right. But, you know, I definitely think in most cases an LLC or an S Corp is probably the way to go to separate your your personal assets from your business assets to do and to set up a real business should be something that you're looking into. And along those lines, you also need to get a tax ID number or an EIN number, they call it with the federal government. That's kind of like a social security number for your business. Unless you're going to do it as you know sole prop, then you can use your social. Exactly. So you'll get some paperwork as part of that. And anytime you do a transaction, a land purchase or a land sale, you're going to need to provide that paperwork to the whatever company is handling the closing, whether it's a title company or an escrow or attorney, something like that. So you're going to need to take that paperwork and and have it ready to go anytime you and you just basically email it to them and you know, to FedEx it or anything. And a little housekeeping thing, set up a folder on your computer 
and upload pictures or scans of all of these documents and then get another folder and just set that aside with all the papers, all receipts. I mean, if you can get on top of book, you could, most people I think just do it in like Excel or whatever, just keep track of your expenses because they're legit business expenses. Again, not a CPA or legal, but I mean, you want to do it from the start, just get in the habit of doing that. Exactly. As someone who has to account for all that, right? do it from the start. Okay. So the other thing is if you are going to set up an entity, which is actually really pretty easy, mm-hmm. I've got um, in the training material in the group that, that we've got, I've got some a recommendation for who we've used in the past. And that, that's any of these recommendations that we're giving, they're places that we actually use or have used in the past. So I know that they're legit and everything like that. So you can use them if you want or other places, whatever, that doesn't matter. But at least if you need a place to, to go to, we can, we can uh, point you in the right direction. So that EIN number that we were talking about, you need that if you are going to open up a bank account in for the entity. So you probably want to get that taken care of right away as well. You'll need your entity paperwork, your LLC paperwork, and you also need that EIN number and you can get a, a bank account open up. Probably best to deal with a bank that has kind of a national presence. Right. I mean, it's up to you. So. Something I, I like the national ones. Well, I mean, I guess there's probably some local ones, but you're going to be sending a lot of wires. Right. Yep. And getting a lot of wires. That, you're going to be receiving a lot of wires. That's the I know, important I look at, part. I'm like, you're going to be getting, like, this is a really negative thing. You're going to be getting a lot of wires and sending a lot of wires. <laughs> no, it's, that's a very good thing. Um, but so the, you, ask them about how their wires work. Like, do you have to go in? Because that's kind of a pain. Yeah, you want to you wanna be able to do that online because that would be a major pain. And I know some banks, they'd still make you go into the branch and do all that. But no. why? But set it up right through. from the start. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So set that up. Okay. So next thing, you're going to need a, a a website and a domain, and the website is going to be something that's facing towards your your potential property owner that gets a piece of your mail in, and they're going to want to look you up and see that you're a legitimate company. I just thought of a new name for yours. What? Pete buys dirt. Pete buys dirt. <laughs> okay, that's good. Well, maybe it's maybe it's already taken. There could right. be some other Pete. Pete land buyer out there mm-hmm. that, that buys dirt. Um, that's good, Heather. So normally how, how we start, the, you know, you probably want to either, you know, figure out some sort of domain like PeteBuysDirt.com, something like that, and then also get a basic website built. And we've got a lot of experience with that. Um, so we've got some recommendations for you uh, in the group there as well. But it doesn't have to be too extensive. It just needs to be something that looks professional. And so that people know you're real. That's like, it's literally just for them to come for the most part. Like if you have a website, it just legitimizes you. That's the whole point. You know, people get your mail. They want to put in that website address. You want to put that on your letter as well. And then they come and see you and they, you know, maybe see a picture of you. Or if you're just branding it kind of as the company buyer, then you can, you know, select your branding however you want to do it. But Regardless, you need to have something this day and age, a website of some sort. The other thing is email. And this is kind of an overlooked thing, but we use uh, Google Workspace. So wherever you get your domain at, you know, whether it's GoDaddy or something like that, but you're going to need to uh, connect that with Google Workspace. Generally, that's the best option because it allows you to actually manage your emails through Gmail, which, which we're a big fan of and makes things easiest. So you take that. You know, like, for instance, it could be um, Pete at PeteBuysDirt.com, right? And you set this up through your Google Workspace account. Then you've got Google Drive associated with that, where you can keep all your files and everything for your business related there. Then you've got emails. I also recommend doing, like, you have one that's kind of a personal email, and then you have also an email that you kind of give out as your 
you know, kind of forward-facing email to people that you put in your letters and stuff. And that could be something like offers at PeteBiasDirt.com. So two email addresses. So you can kind of keep those separate. So one goes on the offers or, or that kind of thing mm-hmm. or on the letters. And then one that's like maybe the correspondence once it's past that phase. Yeah, exactly. Because then yeah. you can kind of and then if you hire people to help you eventually. You want to add accounts for them mm-hmm. as well. But that's going to be a lot easier because then you're not going to have to weed through your personal emails. To, yes, exactly. You know what I mean? To get business stuff. So those are important things. Uh, also, phone number. You probably do not want to be giving out your cell phone number. So you'll want you'll want to. Um most likely the best place to go is, uh, you know, we've got some recommendations for you. It's one of these kind of online phone services where they can actually receive texts as well. So you sign up there and you kind of de- uh, decide on your area code or, or you can have multiple phone numbers sometimes. And then basically you give that out and then it forwards to your cell phone if, you, if you're going to be taking calls initially. You just dropped kind of a little uh, information thing that's important too. The area codes, I think that that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Like if you're going to be targeting land in Nebraska, it probably would be very good to have a Nebraska. We've We're somewhere learned, pretty close. Yeah. People don't like California a no, lot. So like having a California number, I was like, well, okay. I like you guys, but they're like, ah, we don't like you Californians, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's probably not a good idea to have a California number because people, I, if I get a phone call that I don't know that like who it is, I Google it mm-hmm. and I'll look up the zip code and, you know. Like, wait a minute. Or the area code you woke up. Yes, yes, that's a very important thing to do, too. That was a good one. Thank you. But I think that that's, again, it's like setting it up right from the start. I would do that. Mm -hmm. What about address? You're getting to that, too. Yes. And that's that's another important thing. It's a virtual mailbox. So you definitely do not want to be putting your home address on these letters because, you know, you don't you don't want some you know, crazy person showing up at your house angry that you offered them too low on their property or something. But it actually is the easiest way to deal with it if you get a virtual mailbox in an area where you're focusing on. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is they actually receive all the mail on your behalf and then they open it for you and they scan it and it comes right to your email inbox. Which is seriously so much better because first of all, you don't have to go to the you know, post office or whatever to do it. You don't have to open it. And then you already have scanned copies of it. So you can go back and look at those. They've already scanned it for you. Right. Like, that's a big deal. It's the best. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I don't know how investors do it without it, but some of them do. But that's absolutely an essential thing in my book. So we've got recommendations on that. And as if well. you're traveling, like this is not supposed to like control your life. You should still be able to live your life. Do it it's, from anywhere. Right. So if you know that the mail is coming to a centralized location, you don't have to worry about that. Yeah. That's oh, a good and then point too. Um, if someone sends you like a check or something to that, you can forward it. Yeah, yeah, you can always forward that type stuff. But hopefully you're not getting checks. You right, know? wires. But <laughs> yeah. inevitably someone will send you, you know. Yeah. But um, you can then from like the portal, from like the place we use, you can look at that scan and be like, I want you to forward yeah. this to me. Uh, or, send me my money. Yeah. Actually, I think some of them will even deposit checks for you. They do. Yeah. Yeah. Boost your land flipping earnings with our new Land Conquest business system. It's designed for efficiency and effectiveness. This cutting edge software tool is your key to success in the land flipping industry. Streamline and automate your operations to scale your business to new heights. With our system, you get a customizable website with six professional templates to choose from, up to five dedicated phone numbers, each with their own chosen area codes for creating a trustworthy local presence. And as a bonus, you'll get a $25 credit for SMS and email sends. You'll also get access to our tech team to build any automations or customizations that you want. And not to mention, we've got a great dedicated community to the Land Conquest business system to help us all thrive together. And with every step of the way, you get our 24-7 live chat support. 
But that's not all. You'll also gain access to our exclusive community to connect and grow with fellow land flippers. Seize the opportunity to transform your business. Visit software.landconquest.com to check out the Land Conquest business system and unlock the next stage of your land flipping success. But Okay, so let's see. So we've got through all of those kind of basic things. Uh, the next thing you've got to kind of tackle is the male side of things. So that's kind of where you're deciding on an area for your list, you're building a list, you're kind of narrowing down that criteria, and then you're actually sending out a mail. So it starts with choosing an area. So that's kind of um, an important thing because you're deciding, you know, where you're going to start your outreach efforts. And where you start doesn't mean that that's going to be the only place you're ever going to do business at, but it kind of um, a first place to kind of get things kicked off. So you want to put maybe a little extra effort in kind of deciding, you know, what that area might be. So you want, as, as just kind of a general thing, you want to look for areas that have some good activity with land sales and are not oversaturated with listings compared to sales. And the way you kind of determine that, you can look on Zillow in most cases. And Zillow has kind of broad co- uh, coverage of land listings all across the country. Some areas they're, they're, they don't, but so say you look in a particular county in a particular state, and then you search only by land. You click the little box that says land only, and then you might select, okay, two to five acres, something, you know, whatever range you're kind of thinking. And then you, um, you just see, like, in the past 12 months, how many properties sold in that area um, in, you know, that two to five acre range? Is it 100 properties? And then you go over and you toggle to the active listings, not the sold ones. And then you see how many are for sale. Is, are there 200 for sale? If there's 200 for sale and only 100 have sold over the last year, that means that there's a big glut of inventory. So if it's even, that's a pretty balanced market, actually, about 12 months supply. But if there's 10 listings and 100 sales in the past year, that's a pretty hot market. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit of a balancing act because I don't recommend going into the ultra hot markets because you might be, you know, competing with other investors or something along those lines because everyone's kind of looking at that same data. They're like, oh, these ultra hot markets are the best. Also, you get it's harder to get deals in those areas because the people generally are aware that it's a pretty hot market. And a lot of times they think the property is worth more than what you think it's worth or what, you know, you can buy it for at least. That's an important thing to consider. So those balanced markets are a pretty good place to start. Doesn't have to be exact in any way, but just kind of generally. So. And I think you could do um, kind of your own graph and com- do comparisons. So like for me to figure it out, I would do like what you said, you know, and look for those ones that are um, like I'd write out all the stats and then I would compare them to other markets like to get a feel. So it's not just comparing like like just the criteria you're saying. It's comparing to each other to really get a good feel for it. But how would you pick like just get a map and just throw a like what? Well, are some I, of, I would generate, you know, depends where you're from. You know, it's always easier to kind of at least start maybe with areas that you're somewhat familiar with. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe it's not where you live because that could be a high dollar area or something like San Diego. We don't do any investing in our backyard here. But, you know, say, for instance, we went to, you know, Nebraska as you're and, and we're familiar with that area. We mm-hmm. love it or whatever. And then, you know, that could be somewhere that you'd kind of like poke around and start looking on the map and, you know, just kind of look at pull ups, just say county map of nebraska and then you just put in each one of those counties individually into zillow and and do a little 
you know, spreadsheet and kind of try to figure out where the, the best spots are. I so. think when we did that cross country road trip a couple of years ago, I think that was pretty big for me just because I'd never done that before and seeing the different types of areas, it gives you a really good feel for it. But I think that if you had time, that would be kind of a, like do a road trip in a state that you like, right? drive all around it, kind of get a good feel for it. We did that. We were, we spent a, a majority of the time in North Carolina and that gave me a good insight into like, oh, okay. You know, cause I had no idea. I'd never actually, I don't, I don't even think I'd ever been to North Carolina before hmm. that. Had I? I don't remember. I don't know. Um, so I think that, yeah, maybe make a list of places you've been before that you liked mm -hmm. and then just sit down and do it. And that doesn't sound like it would take that long, actually. No, it's, I mean, you have to spend a little time on, just mm -hmm. be, just be, you know, just think about it, you know, and kind of look at the values as well. Are you going to be buying things with your own cash or are you going to be buying things with the partner? If you're buying things with your own cash, Make sure you're sending out offers and, and a range where you can actually afford to buy those properties. Right, <laughs> you, right. know, you don't want to be sending out offers for hundreds of thousands of dollars and then your your budget to buy is only ten thousand. Right. So Unless that's you an have extreme. a lender or um a partner lined up. You right. Know? But I would say your first ones you should You should probably stay in the lower side just mm -hmm. to kind of, you know, get your feet wet a little bit. I start with the multi million dollar property. Yeah. Well, maybe some mm -hmm. people do and maybe some people have a lot of success with that, but yeah. it's good to kind of build up uh, yeah exactly and i think don't discount where you live if you live in a, in a more affordable area i think that that and and it has good like it it is always best to start in your backyard right you know because then you can actually see things but don't discount it too like we live here and it's hasn't stopped us right okay what's the next okay next okay so you picked an area uh you're also going to want to build a list mm -hmm. so that list, you can do it in a number of different spots. We've got a couple of different pro providers that we recommend as well. Basically, you take, you go into their app and you put your criteria in two to five acres in this particular county and you pull your list and you, then you take out all the, the ones that are the obvious non-sellers that we talked about a little mm -hmm. bit earlier. So it takes some time to actually prep this list and you'll get some counts and maybe in this particular county or something, it's not enough. And then you'll kind of want, maybe want to add on more counties and, until you get to the number that you want. So, And I like how you say, too, that if you want to really bring down your costs and you have the time to do it, which we don't, is that you could go line by line and look at each one you're sending. Oh, you right? could. Oh, you 100 percent could. Like you, you could you could also do things like you could you could pull lists of absentee owners only mm -hmm. like property owners that live out of state or something like that. So you there's a lot of different things that you can filter for to kind of get really kind of laser focused lists. But. We do more of a shotgun approach. Right. We, we try to include everyone. Right. Try to include everyone. And also, I think doing that is we've gotten some deals like, well, I don't want to sell this one, but I have these other. Oh, I have a lot of deals that way. 10 lots that I'll buy or that I would be willing to sell. Yeah. Um. So, you know, you might not hit the exact one you're looking for, but you might. Yeah. We are always asking that. It's part of our regular routine. Like, hey, what, what else, else do you have? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we bought multiple properties from the same, you know, seller and closed on them all at the same time. And uh, those, are the, those are the really good ones, actually, normally. Okay, so the other thing is, after you build your list, you need to put together your letter. Um, mm -hmm. We've also got our sample letter posted in that uh, land flipping group as well. So you can go over there and check it out and see exactly what we're sending. So you can send it out yourself. So you got to put you your know, name on it. Though. Yeah, put your name, put your logo, customize it. But also you'll be working generally with a mailing company that will uh, maybe help you put your mailer together with the design and things like that. So you want to take that template, kind of put your own spin on it and maybe make it better. And then you'll want to deal with a mailing house to actually send your mail, unless you want to be licking thousands of stamps. I mean, licking thousands of envelopes and 
sticking stamps on there. Yeah, thankfully we don't lick stamps anymore. No, uh, it's the easiest way to actually hire a company to do it. And I know you can save money, a little bit of money by doing your own mail sometimes, but they have some great ways to save costs too because they're buying all these materials in bulk and they've got the mail rates that are uh, really pretty low because they're doing the bulk mail as well. So definitely do that. And we've got recommendations for that as well. You get your mail sent out and then what happens is you wait. It generally takes, you know, could be a week to two weeks before uh, you start getting any sort of action, meaning the phone starts ringing, the emails start coming in, the texts start coming in responding to your offer prices. Do you think that's because that's how long it takes it to kind of circulate and get there? Uh, or? It's standard mail. We're not sending first class mail, so it takes longer. Okay. So you think people normally respond pretty quickly if they're interested or to tell you that your offer sucks? It's a weird uh, rhythm to it. The first people that call are the ones that are very upset about these, this low offer that we sent them. They don't even want to sell normally. They no, just want they you just to want to call that, and complain. Right. Yeah, that you've insulted and, them. And, you know, I highly recommend this. And I understand costs are constraints sometimes mm-hmm. when you're starting a business. But I highly recommend having a phone answering service kind of as the front line to this. And this phone answering service answers the phone for us 24 hours a day. It's an outside service that we use. It's actually pretty reasonable. They answer the phone. They go through a script that we provide them. And their job is to basically filter out anyone that's upset or anyone that's not really interested in selling. So we're only interested in really kind of, you know, talking to people that are interested in selling. And then that's what you want to spend your time on. So all these leads start coming in. And then you need to start figuring out how to evaluate these properties. You know, hopefully before then you've kind of gone into this a little bit, but you'll be actively evaluating these properties at this point. And the main tool that we use for that is called MapRite. And there are some other tools out there, but it's the best one that I've found so far. Basically, you put in the information about that property, a parcel number and a county, and you can get all kinds of information right from your computer. Like what? First of all, you get the satellite images, the outlines of the lot. Mm -hmm. You could see if it's on a road, if it's down a dirt road. If it's in a swamp. If it's in a swamp, you can see see the wetlands. Mm -hmm. You can see if it's in a FEMA flood zone. What about if there's pigs on it? You can see that as well sometimes from the satellite images. A hog lagoon, maybe that's what you're talking about, Heather. Hog lagoon. Basically, it's a pond of, of hog waste. Hog waste. Horrible. Excrement. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. You can almost smell it through the computer screen. <laughs> yeah. oh. um, so, so you probably want to stay away from those properties. Anyhow, you can see everything. The contours of the property. You know, if there's big hills on it, if it's the side of a mountain, you can see just everything uh, about the property. So that gives you kind of 90% of what you're going to want to see. And you'll, you'll realize, too, in this business that you're not going to want to buy every single parcel that, that a seller comes back and says, I want to sell. Mm-hmm. You probably want to be focusing on quality pieces of property, meaning I don't recommend buying landlocked properties. I know there are some investors that they love landlocked properties because they can buy them ultra cheap. I don't like them because landlocked means that there's no legal access to the property. So very limited uses. You're not going to be able to build on that property. You may be able to resell it maybe to a neighbor, one of the neighbors around it, but your pool of buyers is obviously very limited. And, uh, you know, there's just a lot of things about it. Like, I don't understand, you know, it, it's just not the business I want to be well, in. Well, I think that it goes back to our goal is to help you start like a, an easy way to get into all this, right. not the most difficult way. And I think as you learn more and more, you might be like, oh, I can take on a couple of these projects once you really understand what it takes to mitigate not having access to a property. Yeah, yeah. And you and, and you can maybe hit home runs that way too mm-hmm. if you if you know what you're doing and then you negotiate with a neighboring landowner but you to need get money access. Too. Yeah. Right. 
you're going to need money to fix these issues. Right. So, I mean, there's money and problems by all means. And maybe once you get really, really good at this, you're going to be like, I only want problem properties because I only want home runs knowing full well that you're going to have some stinkers there too. Right. Exactly. And you know, our big thing is quick, very short hold times. And it's tough to do when you're getting into some of these complex issues. We should start a problem property division. I know we've talked about it before, you know, mm -hmm. just hire someone that's really good at that kind of stuff and just that knows how to solve these issues. Yeah, it kind of fixes these all these mm -hmm. issues. But again, it's not you can, you know, there's only so much time in the day. And so I just wouldn't recommend anyone that doesn't have knowledge. Or maybe you've worked at a county before and this is like nothing to you and you're really confident in it. Like absolutely. That might be your wheelhouse. That right. might be your your niche, your uh -huh. nuance of the business. But so. if you as you get going, you need to have money coming in first before mm -hmm. you So the other thing is, so once you've kind of determined, you know, the you know, what, what this property is, you'll want to look up the values and kind of evaluate what it's worth, what you think you can resell it for. And then you, you know, hopefully get under contract with, with these good properties. And under contract, you, they're basically signing this one-page purchase agreement, these sellers, and you're signing it as well. And to do that, you can just sign it and scan it and send it back, or you could use a online digital you know, signing tool like DocuSign or something like that, which we use. This is kind but, of like the old school way of buying and selling something too. Mm -hmm. It's like, I want to buy it from you. I will pay this much money. Mm -hmm. You know, it's very basic, right? but it doesn't have to be detailed. Exactly. It doesn't have to be crazy because again, we also, and I know other people don't, but we always do. We close through whatever the closing yep. service always is. Always get title insurance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's another thing that happens in the land business sometimes because we always make sure that we're able to, we're buying properties with marketable title, meaning that we can then resell it to someone that wants to get title insurance, which is very important. You're not going to be able to retail something if you don't have title insurance, if, if it's not an insurable property. Right. And sometimes, and, and the reason for that is that a lot of times with land, not a lot, but it comes up that, you know, maybe I bought a piece of land, I die, I leave it to my kids, they leave it to their kids. You know what I mean? And then before we know it, there's like 50 people that own this yeah, piece of land. Yeah, 50 pieces of uh, people that own the piece of mm -hmm. land. And, and a lot of times this happens too, where someone will be paying the property taxes, be maintaining the property, doing all this and stuff. Because they, they own yeah, it, right? they think they're the only owner mm -hmm. because their grandmas, you know, said that, that they're leaving the property to them. But in reality, there was never really any official paperwork. And then and that just uh, follows the estate rules for that state. All these different heirs own the property. Yeah. And then when this person goes to sell it, they realize that it's... It's actually yeah. 50 people. Yeah. And, and then they got to split the proceeds with all these different people. It, it just, and even get you know. them to sign it. That's, right. you know, and that's why with title insurance, they're doing that legwork too. Right. So, I mean, you're doing a title, like we have an attorney and all that, that they're doing that preliminary. They do all that stuff. Right. And they're yeah. also making sure that the person selling it is actually the person that they say they are. Yeah. That's important too. You know, because things like that happen. So it's, yes, it costs more money, but it's better for you because you're pretty much insuring your own purchase. But it's also, if you're going to be selling it on the market, it's. You're providing yeah, a legit you business. You have to. Yeah. You have to. I, and I know land investors, there are land investors that will actually just, you know, have the seller sign a deed and, and they're, they're, you know, that's it. And they give them the money, you know, but, but I think that they're, you know, maybe with cheap properties, that's, that's okay. But when you get with the more expensive properties, I mean, you, you got to dot your I's and cross your T's. Right. Also, so, that is it legitimate. Like if you're, if a seller is coming to you, you can tell them you do all these steps too. Right, exactly. And that makes them feel safer. It's That's not right. like they're coming to Pete's, Pete <laughs> buys dirt and then on the back end, Pete sends them a, you know what I mean, a money order. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's there. There's a face that's an outside company in their area that's legit, that they right. can look up, right? That, you know? Exactly, okay. yeah. Okay, so then after you're under contract, you've 
kind of worked out the deal or whatever the case may be, then you're going to want to go through a little bit of a process of due diligence. And due diligence simply means like you're kind of trying to figure out everything about that property that you can. You might be calling the city or county and finding out if it's buildable or what maybe the hurdles would be in order to build on that property. Or if someone's tried to do something on the property before and they, you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. And that that comes up in uh, title search sometimes, but sometimes it's a county that kind of holds those records. So, you know, you just want to kind of call up and ask questions. Um, you know, Thinking we've got a buying this. Yeah, we've yeah. got a checklist that we go through, and that's also going to be posted in our in our group as well. All these things are important, and we're not trying to find a reason not to buy it. We're we're trying to just confirm that it's a good purchase, and if and kind of see, make sure there's no red flags or something that would kind of blow up the deal for us. Yeah. We want to buy these properties, but we don't want to be stuck with something that's going to be a nightmare, like a property that was used as a toxic waste dump before and then we're buying a problem rather than buying an asset yeah and you're you'd be surprised what county employees or city employees will tell you too like oh i know that property oh yeah i've been out there yeah i've been out there and yeah we i tried, talked to jim bob about uh-huh we tried so hard to <laughs> yeah to figure something out but you know because of that toxic waste and then you know he's buried all those 55 gallon drums of uh-huh. who knows what on his property <laughs> but i'm so happy that you're gonna fix that for us yeah. thank you so much and you're like what <laughs> jim bob didn't tell me about that yeah <laughs> Just to put it out there, we don't know a Jim Bob. I don't know a Jim Bob. I know a Jim and a Bob, but not Jim okay. and Bob the same person. Okay. <laughs> so that you go through a little bit of that process, confirm you're, you're buying a good property. Mm-hmm. You close on the property either with your own cash or with a money partner. So once you compile all the information about the property, you can kind of make that call like, hey, I want to keep all the profits for myself or I don't have the cash to buy this property, but I know it's a deal mm-hmm. and I don't want to just let this deal go. In that case, there are money partners that will actually send all the money to close the yes, the, the deal. Generally, the, the deed goes into their name, but then you sign a marketing agreement with them. And then when the property ultimately resells, then you guys split the profits. So it can, so, work, it can work really, really well. Yeah, it's a, it's a great way. I mean, uh-huh. you get a great return on your investment because obviously you've got expenses for generating that deal. but you're not putting any of that money forward. You're just, you just got those expenses to generate the deal. And I think especially when you're getting started, because then you can take that, that money that you make and pay yourself back for initial mailing or whatever. But then also you can use that money to amplify and get more mailing. And Yep. It's, and yeah, send out more and more mail, which means more and more deals. Yeah. And there's some people that never do their own mm-hmm. ever. Right. Yeah. And it's just part of their business model. They're using fine. other people's money. Yeah. And that's okay. And And also for the person that's investing their money with you, it's not like a traditional thing where... You have to be certified or it's literally just two people coming together. They're making a decision. Yeah. And and the cool part is, you know, a lot of these money partner investors, they're using their self-directed 401k or self-directed IRA where they can buy real estate in those accounts. So they're just sending the money and you're doing the marketing work and everything. And then when the deal sells, they get their initial investment back plus half the profits. And then you get half the profits as well. Right. So, so pretty a, cool deal. Yeah, and they cool. get a great return and you obviously get a great return yeah. as well. And also it's outside, that's what I'm looking for, you know, confirmation that you're, this is a good property. That's right. Yeah. If, if, because if, a lot of these investors are somewhat savvy and they'll know how to evaluate a deal as well. And if they're very interested, then you know that it's probably a pretty good deal. Yeah. Okay. So after that, so evaluating properties, you buy the property and, uh, Gotta flip the page. Uh, oh, the one thing I, I wanted to mention too is part of your due diligence process. You probably want to send a photographer out to the property. Oh, yeah. yeah, we we generally use a service called 
if we don't have someone established in an area, we use a service called Droner.io. It's an app or a site where basically you can post your assignment and then there are droners and photographers that will go out to the property and, and take those photos for you and walk the property or do whatever you can, your kind of job description is. And that's important because like we found where it was covered in tires. Mm-hmm. Right. Or I don't know, a, a small river is actually a really big river. Or, right. Or covered in uh, 55 gallon drums of who knows what. Yeah. We did Rusty. Not open. Yeah. That appear uh, to be leaking something. Yeah, exactly. So, but, but I mean, that's like a legit thing or, or gr- these days graves. Right. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm not disturbing anyone's. No, no. We stay away from cemeteries. You know what I mean? But I mean, <laughs> yeah. like we, we say that as a joke, but yeah, yeah no, I'm not doing that. So it's amazing what, you know, we do all the things and, and you talked about the satellite view and all that kind of stuff, but having someone actually on there. Yep. Makes all the difference. Mm-hmm. Plus, uh, you can then reuse those photos and everything for the marketing materials. Right. And that's kind of what the, at this next step here, after you do the closing, then you're going to want to quickly evaluate if you're going to you know, market it yourself or, or market it with a broker. And we believe a broker is the best way to go. I'm a big fan in using a local land broker for a number of reasons. Oh, First of brokers. all, brokers, just kidding. Or land broker Pizza or broker. agent. Yes, yeah. I am. A local land specialist. Right. Because they can help you on the buy side, meaning they can help give you some confirmation that what you're buying is a good property. And also they can give you their opinion of what they think the property is worth to resell it. Are you looking for funding for your land flipping deal? Then head on over to partnerwithpete.com. It's an innovative new funding program where we split the profits with you 50-50, but we take it one step further and we handle every other step of the process in the land flipping business. Yes, that means we handle all the due diligence. If the property needs any value add like clearing brush, perk test, survey, we'll get that paid for up front. Then when the property resells, we split the profits 50-50. There is absolutely no downside for you as an investor. If we lose money, we don't pass that on to you. But when we make money, when we make profit, we split the proceeds 50-50. So as a recap, we handle every part of the process. We split the profits with you 50-50. There's no downside for you as the investor, only upside. So go to partnerwithpete.com, submit your deal there, and we'll get it checked out within 24 hours. I think I want to point out too, it's, we do the layer effect, the layered effect, I guess. I don't know if I've actually said that before, but that's what you're, you've created. You're doing layers of due diligence, layers of redundancy, um, but it works. So like when you're saying that, like, okay, so you have someone take pictures of the property. You have some, you actually use that, you know, a site online that has, shows you images, right? right? So it's not like you're just going off of one thing, but the same thing that you're talking about when you're doing all your due diligence to buy it, we're making sure all this... The benefit of having an agent or a broker online, a real estate professional that that is specialized in land, again, you'll call up and say, hey, I'm thinking, once you get a good thing, I'm thinking, or email, I'm thinking of buying, you know, uh, 123 Main Street. What do you think? And they're like, oh God, I tried listing that one like six times. And it's because this railroad runs, you know what I mean? Yeah, like exactly. the value can't be overstated. And I think that sometimes people do make fun of uh, real estate agents and brokers like I do. Um, I'm just <laughs> kidding. Only one, Pete Reese. You used to be one. I used to be an agent, I know. And I yes. talked about it too, the worst agent. The one, mm-hmm. one property, I think. Oh, you uh, sold a good one. I was really good in support stuff. No, I just <laughs> wasn't my thing, but I needed it because we could talk prices. That's what it was, right? But uh, to back you up, but I think that it's such a pivotal thing. And I remember when you told me, like, I want to find an agent. I was like, why don't you just listen? You're a broker. Why in the world would you use an agent or a broker out there? Like, really, I said that to you. And it was a really dumb thinking on my part because that is proven invaluable. 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 Does that wait? Does that mean it's super valuable? Yes. Okay, good. Because that's what I'm trying to get at. Um, Mm -hmm. 
And I think that that the layered thing and anyone who's kind of more of a cautious person like I am can rest easy knowing that you have all these different things in your system that have that you fine tune that really work. So it's not like you're just having an agent listed. It's it goes way beyond that. They're giving insight. They're giving their value before you even buy it. And then now you take it over. Go ahead. Honestly, they're going to be able to sell even me as a broker. Mm -hmm. I could easily list the property and do that whole side of things myself. (laughs) But I can guarantee you in most cases, they're going to be able to sell the property for more than what I would be able to anyhow. First of all, generally, a lot of them have a pretty established buyer list in a particular area. They've got buyers that are like, hey, if you ever if you ever have anything that comes up in this area, you know, let me know. I'm buying it right away. So a lot of those types of deals happen before a property even hits the market. Mm -hmm. So they've got their established buyer list. They've also got their established marketing methods. You know, they blast their email list. They send out letters to the neighbors. They They know where to find these Exactly. Because that's all they do is they specialize in land. So they know right. they know who land buyers are and where to find them. Exactly. And, you know, they're obviously putting it on the MLS and land specific marketing sites and mm-hmm. their own website. So and they have local credibility. Mm-hmm. And me coming from, you know, a, a different California or a different <laughs> area, you know, it, it won't be viewed the same way. And can so. we also talk about that? They give us life. They who? What? They give us life. That sounds horrible. They okay. don't give us life, but they do. We're able to live like a fuller life, not having to answer the phone nonstop. Oh, that's a whole half of the business I don't have to worry about. Right. So you can spend that time having fun, doing something or researching new markets or building the business, mm-hmm. you know, instead of answering like, you know, Sally calls and she's like, now, uh, what kind of shrub is on the, you're like, I have no idea. And, right. and that's a legit question. Like, I'm not, you know, bagging on Sally for asking it, but that land person's going to be like, oh, Sally, it is, you know, blah, blah, blah. And we have white-tailed deer. And yeah. you know what I mean? It's great for the finch watching or, you know what I mean? Like they know their land. <laughs> right. We don't know, you know? Oh, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 money well spent. Whatever commission you pay, and we pay top commissions as well because we want to work with the best. And we're, you know, we want to make it worthwhile for them so they'll be, so we're their best client and they'll want to work with us. Right. Over and, and we over know again. what it's like being a real estate professional. Right. It's got to be a win-win, right? You know, a lot of times investors will try to kind of always push on the commissions. Oh, can you do it for less? Can you do it for four percent? Can you do it for three percent? You know, whatever the case, and maybe maybe they'll find agents to do that, but I doubt the top agents are going to be working with those people. Why would they? Right. I mean, they're they're the top agents. They have enough. They don't need. Right. You know. Instead, we are at the opposite end of the spectrum, and we'll pay ten percent. And I think that, and then we just write that into you know, the expected revenue. Right. And they're going to be able to sell for 10% more than me anyhow. Right. Right. So I'm, I'm fine with it. I think it's a, I think it's a great, you know, partnership. They help us on the buy side, evaluating the properties. And then they help us sell the property when it's time after we purchase it. Yeah. And a lot of times they'll double end it too. Right. Yeah. That's, so, and that's double it where they, they find the buyer and they're representing mm-hmm. you as a seller. And, you know, we're not opposed to that at all because a lot of those transactions are way smoother than some of the other ones with other agents involved. But the goal is that's to another sell it. tangent. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> okay. So then you you use a broker in our in our system to or agent to market the property for you. You go through a transaction on the resale side as well with that escrow a title turning company. And that's generally directed by whoever the buyer wants to use in a lot of the in a lot of these states. And then you receive the wire and then it's all over. But actually, your job's just started because you're going to want to repeat that over and over and over again. The same exact thing. I was like, wait, what do I do at that point? Like, (laughs) your job just started. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But the most important piece of this business, which I think many land investors neglect doing, 
is you got to keep the outreach going at a very, very consistent level. Got to keep so the ball rolling. Yeah, you got you to gotta make sure, in our case, we send out direct mail for our to generate our business, and we send out the exact same amount every month, and we're actually trying to increase that every month. But that's like the most important part of the thing. It's like, it's like having a really cool car that you've built up with all this, these systems and everything that you're doing, but if you don't put gas in it, you're not going to go anywhere. Well, it'd be like the you're grocery gonna, store, selling yeah. out everything and then being like, hey, guys, come back in two weeks. We'll get more food. Right. First of all, people are like done at that point, but we actually did stop at right. one time. It was we during that cross country road trip. I was like, "There's no way you're going to be able to." Uh, well, we didn't have as many people on our team, right? Did yes. we have how many people? Uh, two other people aside from me. Okay, and um, and so I said, "You know what? We need a little break." It was like traveling after having been home for a while, and you were like, "Okay, but right, you know." And I was like, "No, we need this break," and I totally regretted it. I wish I had just like, I don't know, I could have driven no the regrets. car. Yeah, no regrets, but I had many. <laughs> I could have driven the car. You could have sat. I could have worked you the whole time, right? Yes. And then, it, oh, we're going through the Grand Canyon. Pete, keep looking at the computer. We'll uh, take but pictures. I don't have internet, Heather. I don't, I don't care. Figure something else out to do. For some reason, you didn't want me driving the car across the country, which is strange. Huh. Weird. <laughs> um, but I think that that is like a really big thing. Like once you figure out what's working and don't be scared to try different things. Yeah, you know? not everything's going to work. No, but also like a bunch of things might work. And I think this is just like anything in life. Figure out which one's exciting to you and what you enjoy. Like even if one's working really well, if you absolutely hate the area or you hate, I don't know, some part of it, like find another one that you do like. Right. You know, I think it's interesting because we do some in Pennsylvania and the only, I mean, I think that that market is because you grew up in Pennsylvania. Yeah, I know the areas. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it probably feels comforting in some, you know, deep down way. It's like a, you know what I mean? Because you grew up there. So find a connection to the area. I think that that's a good thing. Or don't if you don't care. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess that's that's kind of it. Um, there's other other more advanced things that you can kind of build on your business mm-hmm. as you get the ball rolling. I wouldn't worry too much about getting everything set up perfectly before you get started because it's not going to it's going to be an ongoing thing. And our business specifically, it's an ongoing, evolving process. We're trying to get better. We're adding new things all the time. We're it's getting more complicated, but it's getting more efficient. We're just always trying to improve it. Some some of the things that you can kind of work on as you get the ball rolling, you can ha- bring on helpers and VAs to help you with some of the due diligence tasks. You could also bring on like an acquisition manager, someone that can be talking to all the sellers. That's a, that's a really good yeah, first hire, really. Yeah, if you talking on the phone, uh-huh. you, I think you should still do it in the beginning because you need to know how to do it. Right. But then make that your first like outsourced hire kind of thing. Yep. Find out what you hate doing. Yep. And have someone else help you. Uh, another really good thing to kind of start hiring out is a transaction coordinator. That's mm-hmm. That's a person on your team that can handle all the paperwork for the purchase transactions and the resale transactions. If you love paperwork and you, and you love doing that kind of stuff, then maybe you want to keep that. But I'll tell you, it gets gets you distracted from what you should be doing, which is learning how to generate more deals. Right. And also then that person is a real estate professional in and of themselves, and they'll know what forums and all that kind of stuff. Right. They'll they'll keep it a well-organized um, ship, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, you could have a, a team member that or an assistant that helps you build the list. That's that's kind of a big thing that you can farm out pretty quickly. And the other thing that is very important, I think, as, as you really get going, is a uh, is a business system, a CRM slash business system. I don't and think you could do what you're doing without. There's that. no way. Yeah, you, you'd be, it would be like trying to build a skyscraper on a on a wood foundation. It just mm-hmm. 
you wouldn't be able to do it. You got to have the foundation, a business system in place to then be able to scale. And it's the software is what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, a like software a, that, that kind of runs our whole business. It deals with all the incoming leads, but it also helps us manage all the processes in it, like the due diligence process, the marketing side of things, the transaction on both the buy side and the sell side, and also the you know value add type stuff to the properties mm-hmm. that we're doing. So there's a lot of different things going on. And if you don't have some sort of infrastructure for your business, uh, it's going to be really tough to scale past, you know, a couple of deals a month, something like that. Yeah. I think another thing that we haven't really talked about is partners. You know, maybe you're someone who's kind of a lone wolf, but in a good way, mm-hmm. who just, I'm going to do this. And I think that's great. But maybe if a spouse or a partner or a, you know, life part, whatever, I think that this is something where you could look at this list of things and say, okay, what are you good at? What, like, I'm not good on the phone. Like Division of labor. We've always done that. Right. You know, and say, you don't mind talking to people. So that's your thing uh, until we can hire somebody. You know, I'm, I love paper. doesn't yell at you. It's pretty, you straightforward. So I could do the transaction coordinating. I don't do our transaction coordinating, but you know, and go through that whole list. Or if you just have a friend, somebody, you know, a lot of times those partnerships, like a childhood friend that you just have, you click mm-hmm. and you compliment each other. I think that the only issue with that is that you need to find someone that actually truly compliments you. You know, you can't have two people who are both the phone people. Right. Yeah. Cause then, and no one's both a deal doing, junkie type person, uh-huh. you know, you've, yeah. Where so. they're not going to do the follow through. I think that's your only downfall. But I think in this kind of business, um, as the girls, our daughters, not our dogs have learned is this kind of model works well with partnerships, you know, as long as it's, and again, this is outside of the scope of real estate, but you know, that clear business, uh, agreement beforehand, mm-hmm. you know, yes. and that, and the other thing is that these are quick moves mm-hmm. because, I don't necessarily would say hold assets unless you have, you know, have a, another Long-term business. assets, yeah. Or, you know? or that's a recipe for disaster right. sometimes because life changes. Right. People get married. That's exactly. And they bring in other people and that's, <laughs> right. you know what I mean? You can't anticipate that. Um, so I, I don't, I think that that's another thing. Like you really want to do this, share this video with a friend or somebody that you would be interested in, in doing this with and see if they're interested or not. See if this is something that they would want to join you with. And then just when you do start that business, make sure it's very clear. You both put in equal amounts or you know, maybe not equal, but one person's agreeing to do more of the labor to, to make up for that. But I think this could be a good partnership thing. Yeah. And and honestly, if, if it is a type of business you are considering, I would highly recommend checking out those income reports because it shows you exactly what kind of deals we're doing, what kind of deals are possible. And you can even see I've got something on there, which I call the 50 first deals. And those are the 50 first deals that we actually did in this business from like number one to number 50. And I just basically, it's a loom video of me breaking down every single deal, what we bought it for, what we sold it for, profit we made, how many days we held it for, and some notes about each of those properties. So I think it's really insightful if you want to see what's possible. And there's no fudging of any numbers. It is what it is. And Heather always brings it up to me like, do you think it's a good idea for us to be putting all this on the internet? But I think it'll bring more good than bad. Well, anyone who knows us knows that we pretty much have put everything on the internet for years now. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I mean that in the most PG way. (laughs) (laughs) Not everything, right? (laughs) Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, I mean, we've been on the internet. So, and I think that even in our, our blogging days, that was a big deal that we wanted to be transparent. But the 50 first deal shows that like, you know, the range, like not everyone was a super home run. No. And you talked about like what went right, what went wrong. You haven't lost money. Yeah. By the way, I have not lost any money. (laughs) 120 deals or something at this point. Right. And, um, and I think that's because of your layered approach. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, um, yeah, I'm probably conservative on, on, on that side of things. Maybe I 
Maybe I should gamble a little more on some of these properties that I'm not sure on. You would without me. Right. Yeah. You <laughs> you keep me in check. Heather. Right. Like, because then he has to answer to me and that's his or sphere. Um, but I think <laughs> it's, that- It gets ugly. It's very, oh yeah. I'm very mean. But, well, one of us has to be nice and one of us has to be mean and you token the nice guy. So thanks. But I think that that's a good place to start um, because, I don't know, people are nosy. And I don't blame them. I'm nosy too. But being able to see like all the details on someone's first transactions, right. it really does kind of kind of do it. And I sold you a business idea before because someone had kind of an income thing going. Mm, yes. And that's what sealed the deal. So Yeah, it worked. Right. Because yeah. then you can see it and you're like, I could, I hope you guys look at those and you're like, that's nothing. I can nothing. Boy, like, yeah. Pete's a loser. Yeah. Pete's a joke. Pete should do, Pete's, <laughs> yeah, Pete buys dirt loser okay. <laughs> but anyways take a look at those but the other thing is the community where do they find the community oh, yeah. again link right below this video okay so we're working on rebranding the community so maybe by the time this comes out, oh, not actually by the time this comes out it won't be rebranded yet but we've got some exciting things planned well guess what i have no idea what he's talking about so i'm gonna go check that out too <laughs> but yeah check that out check out the 50 deals and we will see you next time we'll see you next time all right Bye. thank you Ready to start Turning Profit yourself? Head to turningprofit.com to step up your real estate investing game. See you on the next episode.